the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Way of Grace, Pastor Jessica Stand returns us to Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. Our series is called Arise, Move, and Go. Lessons for Leadership. We're looking at the encampment of the Israelites. That's next. From Grace Bible Church in Hayward, online at grace-bible.com, this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Welcome to our broadcast. We're back in Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. We're continuing our series, Arise, Move, and Go, and we're looking at lessons for leadership. Today, we take a look at the water of life that comes out of this rock, and it's provided this water of life as a leader, Moses, commands. But there's much more to it than just that. There's a longing to be continually met, a leader magnified, and a lesson learned. It's all straight ahead. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. God himself, according to Jeremiah, is the fountain of living waters. And the metaphor of the living waters runs from the garden in Genesis 2 to the garden in Genesis, in Revelation 22. Did y'all get that? The whole of your Bible encompasses a garden with rivers, a garden with rivers in the beginning and at the end. Does it not? And what you and I are about to find out is how God allows that river to flow, to follow and take care of his people everywhere they go, because everywhere they go, he goes. Y'all keeping up with me? So let's just look at this for a moment and we'll be able to shut it down. Notice what the text said in front of us. I I love this. Here's what the text said in verse six. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock. Where is the one speaking? He's standing. Where? Upon the rock. Do you see it? So what God does is he assumes a position on the very rock that we're about to learn. Now, the rock is going to be, again, a paradoxical insight into the way God is. Because what the people are crying out for is water. But God has his leadership coming to a rock. Did it come home yet? Right. So now on an optical level, uh, one would be very discouraged if you turn the corner, go up the hill, round the way, and you look up and there's a big old rock. I mean, it would be one thing if we were back down in Elam where there were 12 wells of water. We had a rock now. Leadership is being challenged, are they not? 
Leadership is being challenged. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. We have already come out of Egypt. We have come down out of the wilderness, Etham. We have come to Mara. That was the first time that they were dealing with the bitter waters. You guys remember that. We went down to Elam. Elam is where they were begging for bread. You guys remember that for, for food. And the Lord gave them uh, manna from heaven. Here we are now headed down towards Hazaroth in the area of Rephidim. This is where we are. Y'all got that? We are in this area right here and we are headed to Mount Sinai. We're going to be there in two chapters, okay? We are in this region right here. In this region is desert region. They are begging for water. They just had water here. I told you last week, if they would have just carried a few more jugs, they would have been fine. But the test was simply that they're moving away from the Red Sea. You guys see that? They're moving away. So they're more in the wilderness. And that's a challenge. Because there is nothing in the wilderness to provide for them. God has to send them quail from the uh, Mediterranean Sea to come over and feed them. Remember, they get flesh in the evening and then the manna comes down in the morning. You guys remember that? So the winds are going to blow the quail here and then they're going to get manna from heaven, angels food. But here is where we are right now, where they are struggling again with water. This is where the rock is going to be the object lesson here before they move from here to down here. So God knows what he's doing here because here is where he's going to make a covenant with Israel. So he's remember, he is delivering them to develop them in order to deploy them. Y'all see that? We're not there yet. We're going to be there in two chapters. That means two messages. But I might as well do this while we're here. Notice that they come way up out of Ramses. They walk across the Red Sea and they come way down south. They're way down. And then they're going to make their journey up past the, the Gulf here all the way up all the way up here in this area. And they're going to get to Kadesh Barnea. You see this area? This is the next time they're going to be having a fit about water. This is where Moses is going to get into some real trouble. Y'all got that? This journey here to here is going to be about 30, 30, um, 36 years, 38 years. Y'all got that? From here to here, 30, 38 years. And then they're going to walk from here all the way up to if we were able to see that, we're going to be at Mount Nebo where they're going to cross over into the promised land. You see Beersheba? All this is the promised land if the map was there. All this. So you see how they're going south? You see this long, circuitous route? God, there you go, sis. You're bringing, bringing it home. See Hebron? This is Israel. Y'all got that? This is, this is Israel, all right? So this here is the Galilean Sea. This here is the River Jordan. All of this is when they get there. Mount Nebo is where Moses will die. You see that? Now, Aaron will have already died and Miriam will have already died all in the same year. This is the year that Joshua is going to take them into the promised land. Y'all got it? Long journey, isn't it? Now, we got about four more, maybe five more messages between here and there to learn. God is taking them this way when he could have took them this way directly in. That's probably one of the reasons why they was complaining, too. He's delivering you because his job is to develop you. His job is a relationship with you. I got to get on because I want to show you something very powerful. Two things. See, God, God doesn't need to put you in a six, seven star hotel to meet your needs. 
You think you have to be in a six, seven star hotel. If we were looking at that map again, for them to be able to roll up and down the uh, great Mediterranean Sea, all this, man, all kind of blessings is up this way on the carnal level. Yeah, but that would have been a total distraction. That's the problem with us in our world today. We have way too much. We don't have to need God. We don't have to need God. That's why we don't pray. We just get what we want, go to work, get up every day. We know we got food in the cabinets, all that. You don't even have to cook anymore. We are so lavish with so many resources. Is that true? Yes. But we are famished in our souls. We're in a wilderness in our spirit. In the flesh, all kind of quail and garlic and leeks and onions. In the spirit, we're dried up because we're not walking close with God. This is what's going on. All right, let's keep going. I want to show you something miraculous. I should, I should, should have worked our way through it, but here's how this works. Under point number two, participation in the paradox, I've already set you up. Jesus is going to stand in front of the rock. Because if he weren't in front of the rock, when he gives Moses instructions to smite the rock, nothing would happen. Did y'all get what I just stated? The rock will not execute the paradoxical miracle of providing what the people need until Jesus himself stands in front of the rock. And then Moses has to do something that's absolutely paradoxically astonishing. See, I know he got anger issues like some of us do. And so swinging the rod ain't going to be a problem for bra. He going to swing the rod. Do you understand what I just said? Swinging the, some of us can swing rods. The problem here is he has to smite his master. And that takes us back to the resurrection and Passover. Smite the shepherd. Smite the shepherd. Smite the shepherd. And salvation proceeds from smiting the shepherd. Do you see it? Look at the text. Let me work this through. It says it over in the latter part. He says, smite the rock in Horeb upon which I will be standing before, which means Moses is going to smite the Lord Jesus. And there shall come water out of it. Do you see that? Water is going to proceed out of the rock, not because of the rock, but because of whom the rock represents. Christ is the rock of God. He is the foundation stone. Christ is the rock of Gibraltar. He is the rock of salvation. He is a sure stone. And Paul made us clear of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Look at how Paul puts this. I want to give you a little nuance and we're going to close. Listen to what Paul said. Paul says in verse, start at verse 3. Verse 3, I believe we can start there. They did all eat the same spiritual meat. That's the bread from heaven, right? And all did drink the same spiritual what? For they drank of that spiritual rock. Now stop right there. This is going to help you, some of you with theology. Just, I just have to do this. You notice what Paul is doing? He's bringing a spiritual interpretation to a literal event. So when you hear a lot of our theologians arguing and opining while well, they spiritualize the text, start with Paul. 
and then go to Jesus. Because Jesus said, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Are y'all keeping up with me? Paul had no problem recognizing that the rock pointed to Jesus in the same way in which the centurion pierced the side of our master and out came blood for the atonement of our sins and water for the washing of our soul. Our master died in our behalf in order that we might have again the echo of John 7, 30, 37. If any man come unto me and thirst, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And he was speaking of what the water represent. It represents the work of the spirit of God. The spirit of God is what satiates our soul. Is that true? The spirit of God is what brings us the reality of Christ in our life. It's the third person that makes the second person a reality to you. Without the Spirit of God, we can't do anything. It's not by power, nor by might, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. The third person had to come down on Pentecost and fire up all those brothers and move them out to tell the world that Jesus is the rock that we stand upon and have hope for glory. And the paradoxical nature of it is this. Upon Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And he is also the satiating thirst for our soul. That's the paradoxical reality of it. That's the paradoxical reality of it. Now, I want you to capture something. I'm going to close with this. I love God because even when we clown, if we ask him for something, he gives it to us. Now, again, I told you, if it was me, y'all be starving to death. If you don't come right to me, I'm going to just let you, you're going to lose some weight with me. You're going to lose some weight with me. You gonna, my kids, they'll tell you, you're going to lose some weight with me. You got to come right. Tone that voice down. Come on right. Tone it down. I'll go away for a little while. Go away and come back later. If you want this door to open, and I, and I can open this door, I can show you blessings beyond imagination. But you got to come right. Got to come right. See, now God's not like you and me, is he? We crying and whining and God still blesses us. I want you to notice what Paul said. I'm going to teach you something in Psalm 78. Paul called this because Paul is a Bible man, as your pastor is, as our leaders are. We love the Bible because we know the Old Testament points to the New and the New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old. They have to interface. You can't understand the New Testament clearly without interfacing with the Old Testament. They cross-reference each other. And if you're stupid enough to think you can lift a verse up out of the text and explain it exhaustively, now you're leaning on your own understanding. Can I teach you something here? First of all, Paul just gave us another paradoxical insight. He said that rock followed them. Is that what he said? Is that what he said? Paul, teach me something. Because you know something I don't know. For they drank of that spiritual rock that did what? And without any kind of, you know, conundrum or mystery, that rock was Christ. You know what the text says? Yeah. So we're not arguing here about how to interpret the scriptures. Jesus says, I come in the volume of the book. It's written to me to do thy will, O God. You are searching the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. And until you come to me, you can't have life. You can read your Bible forever and a day. But if the Holy Ghost doesn't show you Christ, 
You are without hope in the world. Am I making some sense? Paul knew that. Peter knew that. James knew that. Jude knew that. All the apostles knew this. They knew that the sum and substance of Scripture is Jesus. And when your churches get away from Christ, they get away from hope. They get away from hope. And here is what I want you to see. I thought about this for years. How on earth did that rock follow them from Rephidim all the way up to Kadesh? And then all the way to Horeb to bring them into the land. Is that a good question? Of course it is. Your Bible is meant to ask you to think. How did they do it? Look with me at Psalm 78. I'm going to start at verse 14, go through 16. I'm done. I'm just going to touch you with it and leave you alone. I am going to ask you a question. It's the same question Jesus asked. And then I'm going to close. So Psalm 78 lays out for us God's dealings with the children of Israel in the wilderness. Here he says, in the daytime, he also led them with a cloud, right? Told you that cloud was a cloud of protection, cloud of protection. And all the night with a light of what? Fire. And fire is for guidance. You and I are living in a nighttime scenario, are we not? Don't we need God's guidance? Yes, we do. We are in a spiritual darkness like none other today. I need God's word to give me light and clarity. Your light, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, right? The word of the Lord is a lamp and a light uh, to all those that trust him. Give me light, Lord. I need to see where I'm going. Notice what it says. He clave the rocks in the what? All right, so now two things I want you to get. The word rock is in the plural form. That's because he claved the rock once where we are in Rephidim. Y'all got that? It's in the plural form. But then he's claved the rock again way up in Kadesh. Didn't I show you Kadesh? That's going to be at the end of our journey. Y'all keeping up with me? So you have it in the Hebrew in the plural form. That's not bad translation. It's not bad grammar. He claved the rock in the wilderness. And again, notice the author is saying that God was the one that claved the rock. Not really Moses. Moses had a stick. Y'all got that? There had to be power behind that to claim that rock. Notice what he says. And he gave them drink. Did he? He gave them drink. Give me a few more minutes. He gave them drink. And it wasn't a thumble full. It wasn't a cup full. He broke up the great deep. In other words, when he smote the rock, all the rock did was make a portal for what was already under the ground. Deep channels of water that went out through the underbeds, which God has always done. We've got underbeds of water all around our world. He broke open the rock there and let the waters that were already there come out in multitude to quench the thirst of his people. Y'all got that? Really interesting here. I got to show it to you. See, the people, they're nowhere near the leadership. They way down the hill. They're way down the hill. You can hear them. What what, what, what are they doing? Until all of a sudden, they see water start coming down the hill. Whoa. 
What's going on? And the water begins to be more and more and more. Are y'all hearing me? See, in other words, God is answering their prayer, but he's not showing them how they got it. That's a mediatorial secret between God, Moses, and leadership. This is what we call the mystery of the gospel. It's the mystery of the gospel. You got to have a fellowship with God to know how God works. And that's because God is going to teach the people to honor Moses. This is the second time Moses is being honored. The first time you guys saw they wanted water, but the water was bitter. God showed Moses a tree. Now they're clowning with Moses again. Moses goes around the corner up the hill. And next thing you know, you got a river of water coming out. Do y'all see that? They, are, they will have their thirst quenched before Moses and the leadership comes down the hill. There won't be any arguing because they will have been quenched by the mercy and goodness of God. I see that you see it, but I got to show you one more verse as we go. Notice what in the great deeps is exactly the great deeps in verse 15 is exactly the language that is used in the Genesis narrative when God destroyed the earth in a flood. The rains came down and the ground opened up. The rocks broke up and the waters came from under the earth because there's more water than there is land in God's globe. Did y'all know that? Especially prior to the fall. God created the earth up out of the waters. Waters below and waters above. Water is a great symbol of the effulgence of God's spirit in our life. And I want you to capture that the Holy Ghost comes out from the mountain and travels towards the people, meets them where they are. Can y'all see the flow? Do you see the flow? Now look at what he says in verse 16. He says, he brought what? Streams also out of the rock. That's the metaphor again of channels going everywhere he needs them to go. Streams and channels and, or, and these streams. Will you hear me? That particular uh, event that we're dealing with today, there was a stream that followed them almost up to Kadesh. All right, this is going to challenge some of you guys at the uh, geological level, some of you who are uh, maybe somewhat scientists. How could that be, Pastor? How could the water follow them all the way up there? Now, you know you didn't got in trouble now. This is not some wild phenomena where they would have wadi lakes and deserts where underneath the ground, the water comes up in the middle of the desert to satiate and plants get life. So if there are water streams all under the desert, can't God cause that water to come up and keep traveling? Because that rock is following them to provide for them water when they need it. You will not hear another water argument from here until we get to Kadesh. Did y'all get that? You will not hear another water argument until we get to Kadesh. You will see situations where they are feeding their cattle, where they're giving their cattle water, where they're giving their children water, where everybody's satiated. But you've got to believe that God knows how to furnish a table in the wilderness. You got to believe that God is present with you in the midst of your difficulty and he can make a way out of no way. You got to believe that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everything that be in it. 
you got to believe that God can take oxygen, air, plain air, and squeeze it and make water come down in the midst of the desert. You got to believe that because he has done it and he can do it again. So much more. I'm going to leave you with that. The real issue here in this one is that leadership has to learn how to submit to God at levels of believing that God will come through, even though everything looks like it is going to fall absolutely apart. But I've told this church this for almost 28 years. I have a God that can't lie or change or fail. If he said he would do it, he'll do it. If he declared it, he'll bring it to pass. No good thing will he withhold from them that love him. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. That's the God we serve. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. Dot com or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible, and again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.